You heard that safe drivers get rewarded with Snapshot from Progressive, so you went online to check it out. But then you saw an ad for a vintage baseball cap, and now you find yourself checking the stats of that team's second baseman in 97, wondering why his stolen base total dropped after his rookie season. Wonder how much his rookie card is worth. Yes, they said it was easy to save money with Snapshot from Progressive, but they forgot about the rest of the Internet. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, or from all agents. Ghost in the Night with Phil Sams. All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ghost in the Night, a hauntings and paranormal podcast. I'm Phil Sams. Thank you so very much for taking time out of your busy schedule to check out this paranormal podcast. Today, we are going to build on the paranormal investigation, demonic scratches, what you should do to protect yourself when you encounter situations, whether it be you feel you're dealing with something um, negative or you just want some preventative protection. And that is basically what this episode is going to be about. I get a lot of these emails about, you know, how to protect themselves or they, especially from people who live in a home that has activity, what they can do to protect themselves. And also as an investigator myself, I, you know, there's certain things you can do to help protect yourself, to help limit your chances of maybe getting attachments or having a negative encounter. But there's one underlying theme that I will stress throughout this pro- throughout this podcast when it comes to protection, and that is something you're going to want to stick around for the whole podcast. So let's go ahead and get the podcast started. All right, today we are talking about paranormal protection. As a paranormal investigator, or if you have activity in your home that scares you, or you just don't know what the hell's going on, there are ways you can protect yourself. Now, we've all heard of demonic possession. I've done episodes about that topic in the past, but there always is something you can do to protect yourself. Now, this is probably the most common email I get or whenever somebody reaches out to me, they're reaching out to me with an issue, with a problem they are having, whether it be an active spirit or what they feel is a demon. And, you know, I'm not a big believer in the uh, religious version of demons. I believe there is good and evil. A lot of times religion puts, puts things in black and white. And we all, if you have any common sense, you know that there is actually more shades of gray than black and white. There is always something in the middle. I don't think it's just cut and dry. I think there's good. I think there's bad. So are they actually entities? Yes, they are some sort of being that leans towards the evil side, I guess, or evil concept. That is what a demon is. Now, most people think of demons as a a non-human spirit, very well could be, I, you know, this is a guessing game for all of us, and if anybody says they have the complete and total answer to this, they're full of shit, but there is negativity in the world, there is bad things in this world, there are evil things in this world, so the spirit world or other dimensions should not be any different, so that is my philosophy on demons. Now, how does one go about protecting themselves? That is really what I want to 
you know, dive into and kind of cover today. I don't want to say a different opinion. There are other, I'm not the inventor of this concept, but I do not think along the lines of mainstream when it comes to paranormal protection. Most people go along the lines of more of a religious protection. That is not what I'm going to talk about. Now, most people have heard about cleansing or smudging, which is very important. I'm not discounting it. I think it's very important. And most people have heard this just because of the mere popularity of all of the uh, reality paranormal shows like Ghost Adventures, Dead Files, um, Ghost Hunters, and, you know, Portals to Hell. The, the list goes on. Smudging is very important. It doesn't have to be done. It is a tool in the tool belt. If I'm being honest, that is how I look at it. But before you dive into that and before you start to, you know, just Google search smudging or how to get rid of evil spirits, there are a few things you need to do once you realize you are experiencing activity, you believe there might be something in your home, whether it be just a random spirit or air quotes, demonic spirit. There are certain things you need to do to prepare yourself to actually get in the right mind or mindset of preparing yourself to, I hate to use the word combat, I guess deal would be a much, much, much better word for that or way of thinking of it. Well, let me let me back up just a little bit. If you're having ex- encounters or some sort of paranormal experience, first you need to realize what you're dealing with, identify the problem if it is a problem. I've lived in homes that have activity. Now, I don't personally have gotten lucky, I guess. I don't feel any of the activity I've experienced in one of my residence or homes has been evil in nature. But in my experience, you have to identify the problem. Know what you're dealing with, or at least have a good idea of what you're dealing with. Because there are many different types of hauntings, I guess would be a good word. Um, you Sometimes you can just have a spirit that's looking to reach out. This is generally, you know, can be the spirit of somebody who has passed or just, I guess, a random entity in the other realm that is reaching out and just wants acknowledgement. Or it could be something much darker that is possibly looking to try to drive you mad. That is always a possibility, but you have to know what to do. And the only way to do that is to identify the problem. Then once you've identified whether you just have a cute little Casper type spirit that is just playing around with you, just wants that acknowledgement, or you have an an evil, darker energy interacting in your home. Now you can actually make a plan of action and figure out which way you want to go. I guess really I should say if you know you have paranormal activity and you've come to the conclusion that you know it's just a either a residual haunting or just a spirit that you're sharing space with it poses no threat to you or your family you know you don't necessarily have to do anything keep an eye on it you know monitor the activity speak with the other residents of the house you know that way you know something hasn't or something hasn't moved in that is probably a little darker because that can happen. I would say if you have a spirit in your or some sort of being or entity in your home, 
and something darker sees that you're not really doing anything about it, they could look at that as saying, okay, this is something I could work with. Maybe I can, you know, get a rise out of these people. And you could have something move in that's a little darker. So you need to take control of yourself and your environment. So if you do have that little pesky little Casper type spirit, set ground rules, let them know you are in charge. This is your home. This is not their residence. This is not their home. You control your environment and you need to exert exert that mindset and that tone when dealing with friendly neighborhood ghosts. Take control of your environment. Darker spirits feed on your misery, your fear. And the more you fear, the more you're scared to death of these people or these entities, they're gaining control. They are pushing you out of your own home. They are making your life a living hell. That is what evil or darker spirits crave. So rule one, don't give it to them. Don't feed them with your own fear. Take control of your home. Be assertive in ownership of your home. It all starts with you claiming your home, verbally yelling out that this is my home. You are not welcome here. You do not control this environment. This is my home. That's rule one. Now, to do this, you really need to focus on your beliefs because if you just half-ass it or you say it but don't really mean it, it could do more harm than good. So you have to be strong in your conviction. A lot of people, if you are religious, use that and draw strength from that. You know, that's in whatever form of religion you practice. You know, that is if you pull your strength from that, use that. If you're not an over, overly religious person, pull your strength in another from another place. But whatever you need to do to find strength, that is what you use as your base, as your foundation. And that will allow you to have conviction when you claim and take ownership of your surroundings. Now, I'm not a big believer that the uh, spirit world can actually physically harm us. I believe that's more of a mental game with them. Yes, I've done, like I did last week, uh, demonic scratches. There is some physical touching that can go on, but I don't think that's as a big of a deal as it's made out to be in some of these overblown shows and because there is definitely a demonic craze that's going on. I'm not saying that it can never happen, but I don't think, I think that's much harder for them to do than the amount of energy they would need to physically harm us is, I just don't, I don't know for sure. I put more stock in the mental game, the mental warfare that they can do and the mental havoc they can play on you, which could cause you to harm yourself or others. That I have no doubt in. So I'm not 100%, you know, people, you know, this has been debated for years, probably since the dawn of time, you know, people use possession as an example, the entity will take over your body and so on. I think that's more of the exception, not the rule. If you talk to most demonologists or exorcists, they will tell you most of the time it's not a demonic possession or an evil possession. There's other factors that factor in. I'm like I said, I'm not saying it's a 100% they can't hurt you physically. I'm just saying that's not the easiest way for them to do it. I think 
they like to play with your mind a little bit more. Like I said, I you know I want to drive this point home. I think they mentally affect us mentally more than physically. Not to say it can never happen. So with that being said, now how do you protect yourself against that? What's the first step to protecting yourself? Like I said just a little bit ago, prepare yourself. Mentally find something that you have faith in, something you draw your strength from. You need to be mentally and physically strong to battle or to overcome this issue. Because the stronger you are mentally, the more or better chance you have of driving out or pushing away or nullifying any type of activity you have. Mentally, emotionally, the stronger you are, the better your odds of overcoming this and taking back your home. So once you have prepared yourself mentally, once you have found strength in something or use whatever you use to draw strength from, it's time to start investigating and really diving into what type of issue, what type of haunting, what type of activity you have. That way you get a better idea of what is going on and what you're up against. Now, when you move into the investigation mode, you can't always be everything is 100% a ghost. Every knock, every bang is a ghost. Every twitch of the light is a spirit or a demon trying to get you. You need to think about it rationally, and you need to find the rational and sometimes natural reasons for what has happened. That is when you're going on a paranormal investigation or when you're trying to figure out what's going on in your own home. You can't fix it if you don't know what the problem is. And if you're wasting your time on a bangy pipe because Johnny's flushing the toilet, that's taken away from addressing the actual issue or finding out what is actually going on. So you need to be skeptical and you need to be rational when you investigate. And when you're investigating, think about what is going on in your life. If you're having a bad day, do you notice the possible activity is picking up or on the other side of that coin if you have a great day you're very positive that day and that evening you go home and not much has happened that should tell you something right there because we all have heard of you know poltergeist activities can be or is commonly referred to as activity that we create ourselves our psychic energy that we don't even know we're doing so think about that take notes understand what is actually any or try to find any kind of comparison or anything you can do to narrow down or funnel down the activity. Because if it's you causing the problems, that just means you need to be mentally strong and you need to fix yourself and maybe the activity will go away. Now, that's not necessarily a demonic problem. That is you projecting your physical, your mental state to your surrounding environment. If you can fix your stress issues or fix, you know, relieve your stress, that might take care of the paranormal activity you are experiencing. Doing your investigation portion of trying to find out what the hell's going on, check for environmental issues, things like EMF, high EMF fields, and check for carbon monoxide. You know, those things can cause our bodies to react mentally, physically, and sometimes cause death, you know. Carbon monoxide poisoning is deadly. EMF can cause paranoia and things such as that. And carbon monoxide can even cause a 
hallucinations. So you need to check for any kind of environmental issue you might have in your home or wherever this activity is sparking up. So rule out those natural environmental causes. Okay, so once you've ruled out some possible environmental causes, then you know you might actually be dealing with some sort of paranormal haunting or some sort of spirit. Then you need to move into deciding what is what is actually going on. Is it a residual haunting, which is just a playback? Is it just a regular spirit or entity, you know, that's not looking to hurt you or take over your residence? Dealing with this can be creepy, but you can get used to it. It's not harmful. It's not looking to do anything malicious to you. You know, if we have been taught to fear the unknown and when something happens and it's just run of the mill, you know, maybe something being moved from one spot to another or whatever it might be, we're taught to fear that. It can cause a lot of unnecessary stress and this could actually attract more darker or more malevolent spirits. So you want to stay calm with this kind of haunting or this kind of interaction with the spirit this type of spirit, I should say. Be cool, calm, and collected. Don't worry about it. You know, if it gets too much, you can do some other steps I'm going to talk about later on to actually try to remove it or what have you. Now, darker spirits or demons, we covered what they are in past episodes and earlier in this one. You know, most people believe that their main purpose is to make our lives a living hell I'm not sure they're here to drag our souls to hell. That very well may be the possibility, but I'm not 100% sold. There could be more going on when it comes to these type of spirits, but they definitely are more evil. They are looking to cause more harm to us, interrupt our lives in some way, shape, or form. Now, once you've narrowed it down to just your regular run-of-the-mill spirit interacting with you or the evil type, demonic type spirit, Anything other than residual hunting, because there's not much you can do when it comes to residual hunting. Just kind of watch the show. But you need to try to communicate with this entity or whatever it is. You need to try to make contact. You need to try to figure out their intention. Now, there are several ways to do this. We've all seen the shows. There's multiple ways to actually reach out how to make contact. And the trick comes when it, to interpreting what you get back or what information you receive. The most popular of these methods or pieces of equipment, I guess you could say, because of all the reality paranormal shows out there, is the spirit box, the digital recorder, or other pieces of spirit-type communications, which I don't put a lot of stock into, like the ovulus and things like that, these basically random word generators. But, you know, a spirit box or a digital recorder are your best bets. There are still, even at this stage, it's still a hit and miss. And their effectiveness is extremely debatable um, because if Ghostbox is basically just a radio that scans frequencies consistently, it doesn't stop when it hears the uh, or picks up a signal. So essentially, you're picking up radio noise. Does that mean the spirit can't find a way to get communicate through the white noise that it generates? Basically, when you get one word answers with the spirit box, it's it's questionable. Whenever you're using Spirit Box, look for multiple words, even, you know, three, four, you know, maybe even five. I've done these sessions with all of these pieces of equipment, and I still believe that a digital recorder and a Spirit Box are probably the two best bets. 
But if I had to put my money on one, is a digital recorder because that is a little bit more defining. Now, there's still things that can, you know, sound does travel. You might, depending on the location you're in, the environment around the location, the traffic, it can kind of cause some funny sounds and can't even sound like words or phrases. So you still have to be diligent on your analyzing of the uh, recordings on a digital recorder. And really, you're looking for intelligent responses to your question. If you ask a direct question, you want a direct answer. If you ask a question, you get some random BS, just a word that is not relevant at all. It's interesting, but it's, I don't know what to make of it. It's not leading you down the path of getting some answers and knowing exactly what you're dealing with. Now, the best way, in my opinion, in this investigation stage is to listen to your own mind and body. This is, in my opinion, the best way that will help you get to the answers you are looking for. Our bodies are full of receptors. They're full of sensors, essentially, and they react to the environment around us. Listen to the internal dialogue in your head when you're actively trying to investigate, whether it be on your own or paranormal investigating a haunted location. Listen to the internal dialogue. There is theories that sometimes the we are picking things up telepathically and the voices in our head might sound like us, but it's not really us. It might be something trying to communicate with us telepathically. You know, know how you speak and how you think. And if something is kind of off, you, you know, you, you're thinking something that you really wouldn't say or phrase it a certain way. It very well could be. I, I don't know, but that is one way to kind of think about it in one way to try to find some answers. Now, personally, I think we're more in tune with our environment than we are led to believe. So I think this probably, you know, there is, there might be something to this. I said just a moment ago, listen to your body. If you're getting sick or, you know, headaches or, or contraction of muscles or whatever, or goosebumps, the classic goosebumps. Now there are rational explanations for all of this. But I think our body is responding to something. That is a fact. Now, it's what it is responding to is the question. So if you have high EMF or whatever, you have to kind of rule some stuff out. But if you are in a session or if you are actively trying to communicate, pay attention to your internal dialogue, pay attention to what your body's feeling, and you know try to piece it together like a puzzle. And hopefully you can get some answers or at least get a good sense of whether it's you know darker or more just the run of the mill type spirit. If you're not getting that sense of dread and you are getting some evidence or interaction, then you know, you might be in good shape, but you still always have to be vigilant and keep an eye out and keep your senses open to the chance of something darker coming in. Now I'll cover ritual or cleansings a little bit more in detail in a moment, but first I want to really talk about protective items because they are important to or important part of those practices like ceremonies or rituals or whatever. Most people feel that these are religious trinkets or items that give power because they are related or have been blessed by a holy person or they are, you know, they have the power of God in them. This very well might be the case, but if you aren't a, relig- a religious person and you use something like this, then you're kind of screwed. I mean, I wouldn't think it would work now. A lot of people say, say, 
all you have to do is invoke the name of God or Jesus Christ or whatever, and the demons or evil entities have to you know disappear and leave. I'm sorry, I'm not buying that because if it was that easy, there would be no demons whatsoever. But there might be something to it, and I'll explain in a minute. Now, when you, I talked about preparing yourself earlier in this episode, mentally, physically, emotionally. Now, I'm going to, this is, will tie into that. I personally believe religious items or trinkets that you would use for protection have, do have one thing in common, and that is you. You are the power. You give it the power. You give it your strength gives it the power. Whether it be your faith or what have you, that is what's giving that a positive effect and could give you a positive outcome in trying to protect yourself against any kind of paranormal attack. So if you find strength in those religious items, by all means, use them and use them wholeheartedly and don't back down with those. But this doesn't have to be the case. And if you aren't an overly religious person or you don't buy all that stuff, you know, find an item, find something that has meaning to you, whether it be a watch that your grandfather gave you, a necklace that your mother gave you, or whatever has a positive effect on you, whatever gives you internal strength, use that to your advantage. You are truly the strength or the power behind all of that. That is why you had to have a clear, positive mind. You need to be strong emotionally to do this work. So you should never investigate when you're, you know, stressed out or having negative thoughts or just in a, you know, a valley in life, which we all have peaks and valleys. You need to be positive when you're doing an investigation. You need to be in the best possible mindset. And the same thing if you're in your home and you're wanting to protect yourself or try to do this investigation to see what you're dealing with. You need to do it when you're feeling good about life, when you're feeling good about yourself. But bottom line, use whatever gives you strength. If it's, you know, something, a a toy of one of your children, keep it in your pocket. You know, whatever gives you strength, that is the key. Whatever gives you the strength to, or the courage to go on and do what needs to be done. Now let's talk about crystals. Some people are really high on crystals. They love their crystals. They carry them everywhere and they use them for protection, for luck, things such as that. I'm not an expert on crystals by any stretch, but here's what I'll say. If it works for you, if you find that strength that you need, it gives you extra motivation, it gives you extra protection, or at least you feel it does, by all means, use it. Can't hurt. That's my true thought. Now, a lot of people use amethyst, which I don't even know if I'm saying that right. This is a crystal crystal mainly used for spiritual protection and purification, like a purification ritual or whatever. Um, cleanses the energy field or from negative influences or negative energy. And it can be a barrier against psychic attacks. This is that mental thing I talked about. I firmly believe that spirits or evil entities attack mentally and psychically. This could be good for that. Some people use tourmaline, mainly black tourmaline, um, psychic protection as well. And actually this, what I find very interesting, it can help against that EMF 
energy and that bombards your body if you're in an area where you're having a uh, feelings of dread. If you have some of this, maybe it can it is said to be able to block some EMF so you don't get that paranoia. And you can really see the difference between the environmental paranormal or true paranormal activity. But it's also good for grounding yourself and keeping you grounded and your energy at an even keel. Black onyx is another popular one. Absorbs and transfers negative energy away from you. Uh, helps prevent the drain of personal energy. I'm thinking about doing an episode on psychic and energy vampires. This could be kind of like garlic, I guess. All of these can help to push any type of evil or dark spirits in your location, in your investigation, or inside your home away and hopefully kind of give you a buffer to where you can get some peace of mind. Here's my thing with crystals. Now, I'm not saying they work 100%. I'm not saying I'm a true believer. But if you have these crystals, and a lot of investigators carry these type things with them on investigation, if they truly do what they are claimed to do, and you are on an investigation, you want that. You want that interaction. And if these things do do this and they do drive out spirits and or put the damper on paranormal activity, you're not going to experience anything. So why even bother going? I don't carry crystals per se with me while I'm investigating. I have a couple of these that were given to me. I'd rather roll the dice a little bit pers- personally. That's just me. But as for protection in your own home, or if you're skittish about the paranormal, by all means, hit up your local crystal shop and see if that would help. Now, let's talk about actually ridding the home of evil or demonic spirits. Um, Now, this is mainly done through like cleansing and an actual ritual. But first things first, you have to prepare yourself like we talked about earlier, mentally and emotionally. Be positive and be in a good state of mind. Don't attempt it when you're feeling down, you're feeling negative, you're you're having a bad day. Definitely don't attempt it when, you know, you're not in the right frame of mind like had a few drinks. We all know that alcohol is confidence in a can, but it's not the best time to do it because you're not fully alert, you're not fully at your best. Now, you want to cleanse the home. Now, remember, you've done your investigation. You've kind of hopefully by now have a decent idea of what you're up against or what is going on to a certain extent. You're going to use this information now. Um, You can start smudging the home, but I prefer to actually have a conversation with whatever is there. You want to actually call out the spirit or call out the entity. Express that this is your home. They do not have power in your home. They do not have power in this realm. This is your realm. This is your domain. Be firm and be confident. You don't have to be aggressive. This can make things worse if you are being aggressive and you don't truly 100% buy into your own BS. They will see right through that or whatever it is will see right through it and call your bluff essentially. So you want to be calm. You want to be confident and stern essentially. Now, we've all seen everybody get, you know, call out spirits when they feel they've been attacked or on these shows. Now, I'm not big on that, but I'm not against it either. I mean, I can, if I feel 
if you feel you're strong enough and you actually can, or you actually feel danger or you feel threatened, you can match that tone or match that the aggression of the spirit. You match it with your aggression. I'm okay with that. But just don't come out guns blazing. Express that you need whatever it is to go back to its realm. That is the main thing. Now, when you're actually doing the ritual, we've talked about smudging a little bit in past episodes. You can go back and check that out, or you can Google search it. Basically, it's burning of sacred herbs, mainly like sage, um, and you go through every room, and it's thought that the sage will drive the spirit out. You start in one area, work around, and basically say out the door and push it out the door. Now, while you're doing this, you can use some kind of incantation, which is basically just you know words or a prayer of some sort. If you're religious, you can use you know a religious prayer or any kind of phrase or mantra that you brings you strength. It, basically, you're projecting it out into the environment. It's not people think of this as more of spells and you know magic and stuff. No, this is just a way to express your what you desire, what you want into the universe, into your area, and let the spirit know, hey, this is this is what I'm doing. You're gonna have to go. Now you might have to do this ritual or cleansing I, I rather use the word cleansing more than once but a lot of times if you after you do this you'll feel the energy in the home change or in the location you will feel it change you will feel it lighten up a little bit but if it doesn't it's okay to keep doing it do it until you feel that change in the environment or you feel that negativity has left now when you're doing this type of ritual or cleansing spark up a little activity if these are entities that don't want to leave it can be expected for them to kind of fight back a little bit so you might hear noises you might hear growls you might hear disembodied voices it's it's common and don't worry don't let it get to you that's that's trying to break your concentration it's trying to get inside your head just stay focused and do what you got to do like i said this could take a few few attempts do it until you feel that change if you continue to do it and you've done it multiple times there's obviously something going on that is definitely when you want to call in you know maybe a paranormal investigation team do your research on that there's a there are a dime a dozen or call in a religious minister or a priest or whatever that has experience in this do your research talk to people but this once you've done this a couple of times and you, nothing has changed or it has escalated, now it's time to call in, call in backup essentially. So that is the best way to protect yourself and also maybe even get rid of unwanted activity. But in closing, if you feel that it is not negative, it is just I don't want to say playful. You don't have to do anything. Each home that I've been in that I've had activity in, that I've lived in throughout my life. I've never felt anything negative, so I've never felt the need to take any of these steps. But you have to, like I said earlier, you have to keep an eye on it. You have to monitor the situation. If it, things start turning darker or more aggressive, then it's time to take action. Go through these steps, arm yourself. But if you take 
anything away from this at all. You have the power. It is all up to you. And you have to believe that. If you don't believe that, your best bet to call in some a professional or call in somebody who has experience with it. But you need to stay strong and you control your own home. You can you have the power in this realm. And I hope you understand that. So that is the one thing I want to stress. The strength and the power is in your hands. You can control it if you have the right frame of mind. Because I'll be honest with you, I've broken every rule in the book when it comes to dealing with evil or demons per se. If they said you shouldn't do it, I've done it just to see what happens. And I haven't had any backlash as of yet. Cross my fingers. Or knock on wood or whatever. But I firmly believe they know it's not going to get to me. And so they'd rather move on to easier prey. So that is going to wrap up this episode of Ghost of Night. Thank you for coming back after our little month-long hiatus there. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. We have some interesting episodes coming up in future weeks. We have another On the Hunt coming up. We have, we're going to dive into more of a Satan and not necessarily demons, but more ritual or evil ritual type stuff. We're going to talk about a wide plethora of things, maybe some even UFO talk. So thank you for checking it out. And don't forget, you can always go to ghostinthenightpodcast.com for all the show notes of this page. Don't forget to go to YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube page. If you prefer taking in this podcast on YouTube, by all means, subscribe and comment there. If you have any questions or comments you want to send to me directly, if you've had an experience with evil entities or demons, you can reach out to me at gitnpodcast at gmail.com. And follow us on Twitter at night underscore ghost. Those are the best two ways to get a hold of me. But don't forget, subscribe to the YouTube channel and check out the show notes at ghostofthenightpodcast.com. So until next week, take care, everybody. Alpha and Omega. <clears throat> Siamese sailors sell celery sandwiches. A wing about a serving platter. Hey, hey Jamie. Yes. Uh, did uh, Did you want to try reading that line on the script there? Oh yeah. Let's see. Uh, you could say big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive. That one. Yes. Yeah. No. I'm just not warmed up yet. Shouldn't be long. Detector test. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive today. The marmot mangled my mushu pork pancake. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should, too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too 
and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Learn the latest skills to get moving and get ahead. Earn an undergraduate or graduate degree or certificate from the university that's been a pioneer in online learning for over 20 years. Classes start February 17th. Learn more at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV.